Hello, hello, it's Kevin here. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Welcome to another edition of the Mindshare Mentorship Podcast. Today, I wanna to talk to you about uh, target market profiles and audience profiles. So, uh, there was a really great post by, um, I think, Mark uh, Evans on LinkedIn, and he was talking back and forth with someone about uh, target market profiles versus, um, yeah, and like the the efficacy of them, you know, and I saw in one of his comments, he was saying, you know, the, this idea of a target market prof- persona is often not, not very helpful. And I would love to hear more from Mark before commenting on exactly what he meant by that, because also he did say in another comment that actually talking to your customers is, is the number one, like is, is the way to do, to do, um, to do great marketing or, you know, the thing that needs to be done is far more effective. And that was sort of where I kind of agreed with a few of those things that he was saying is that on the one hand, this idea of your average best client is actually just not, not true. Um, but your actual best client is, is true. And there's a lot that can be gained, uh, from exploring your actual best clients and, you know, in an advisory capacity or even in any kind of a strategic capacity, helping your clients explore their actual best uh, clients is going to be really key. So who are your best clients? Well, according to folks like April Dunford, um, and, and others, she says, you know, I think her quote was something like they refer you the most, complain the least, uh, spend the most, stay the longest, you know, um, easiest to work with. And again, I could be mixing some of her, her language with my own. Um, but ultimately it's yeah, who stays, who works with you longest or spends the most with you and is easiest to please and gets the most value. And, um, and, uh, yeah, you ultimately enjoy working with, which is a really big factor as well. And those are your ideal kind of clients and then figuring out, okay, well of your ideal clients, who are they actually? And then, and then, you know, paint a picture of them. So I had one client, he was in his mid, mid forties, loved technology, was running a multi-location co-working space, um, very friendly, very outgoing, very generous, and, um, wanted to grow very quickly. I also knew that he worked in this, you know, he had a, he had a business partner and, uh, he had a lot of financial stakeholders and, uh, but they were in high growth mode and wanted to continue growing at a rapid pace. And I worked with them for a number of years and, and they ended up being one of my best sort of clients, uh, at least at that time. And they were the reason I got into co-working as a specialization. So I was in B2B and then I basically said, who are my best clients? Well, actually taking it a step back, I was in kind of a general marketing agency role, you know, six, seven years ago. And I would do web design and marketing for anyone or small businesses I would call. But then I looked at my, at my clients and I said, okay, well, of, of the ones who pay me the most, refer me the most, are the happiest, whatever, whatever, B2B clients are the commonality between my best, my best actual clients at the time. Uh, but then over time, that wasn't really enough. And I knew that specializing was going to be the way that I was going to really stand out and differentiate and grow my business and grow my profit, reduce the price pressure, uh, become more in demand. So um, I knew that B2B wasn't going to be enough. So I thought, you know what, who is my best actual B2B client that I have? And it turned out to be a co-working space. And um, largely because of the founder, it was just such a great guy and still is. Um, so I kind of built my audience persona around him. And that led me down to co-working and I interviewed him and I said, hey, what do you think about specializing? He's like, I would love it because it would mean you'd have all this industry insight you can share with me and it would, you know, we'd benefit as a company and, you know, all for it, go for it. And um so that was really great. And, um, and yeah, so I got into the co-working industry and he's a multi-location owner and I started working with the single locations and I have a different audience persona or a different ideal client, kind of ideal client actual for the single location, uh, portion of my business. Um, but all that is to say is that I was actually able to build my business and my, you know, my services, my pricing around this best client. In fact, I created a whole new business around this one ideal client 
And um, that's based on not picking an average of all my clients, but it's actually picking one specific client. And that's what led me to the light bulb moment of, well, what if I specialized? And then I kind of explored the industry and I liked the industry and it was fast growing. And so the industry had a lot going for it, which is one of the reasons they were my best client and could afford me and, and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just going back to this point of, you know, your this audience target market persona versus your real actual client. I think, you you know, I'm going through an exercise with a couple of clients right now that I'm trying to understand who their best clients are. And so the first thing that I get them to do is I export all of their clients. Maybe someone comes to mind first, but that's great. And you can use that. The people that come to mind as your best client, or maybe it's obvious who your best client is, um, either for each individual service, or you can break it out by segment, which might be, you know, your biggest clients versus the small guys and whatever else. Um, but my, the goal is to get really clear either on a per service or per segment basis, who is your best, your best client. And one of the, one of the cool thing, one of the cool ways of doing this is if it's actually exporting your clients into a spreadsheet or their clients in this case, into a spreadsheet and, uh, and looking at it from a qualitative standpoint and a quantitative standpoint. So from a qualitative standpoint is how much do you like working with them? Um, how much value do you think they're getting? How, uh, how much are they enjoying working with you? And, you know, um, do they refer you to people? Do they, are they easy to please? Do they complain the least? Do they, all these factors. Okay. So those are sort of subjective or qualitative. Then there's more of an objective and a quantitative standpoint, which is how long have they worked for you? How much have they spent in working with you? Um, what's the lifetime value ultimately of, of those, of those clients and any other kind of measurable, what industries do they belong to? And, and I, by doing this and by scoring everything up on a scale of one to five or one to 10, and I did this with one of my other clients. They were a, um, a telecoms consultant and he was looking to grow his business and we kind of analyzed his, his clients. And one thing we noticed was on a, on both a qualitative and quantitative. So by exporting everyone and then putting a number between one to five or one to 10, I don't remember for each of these kind of each of the categories that mattered, right. Um, in terms of profitability and ease of whatever, uh, we were able to kind of very quickly see who the top the top clients were and, and then kind of narrow down, okay, here's your ideal client that if you could repeat them all day long, you do that. Here's another ideal client for different reasons. But what we were able to do in, in doing this process, um, it's, it's always very surprisingly valuable when you go through this. Uh, but what we noticed was that like five out of six of his top clients, or even maybe a higher number, um, like they were all on retainer as opposed to doing project work. So for whatever reason, it all ended up to being like, wow, yeah, all of our best clients are on retainer. So the question then is, one, do I go and I try to find people who will get on a retainer, right? Or B, what, or two, what is the, what is the thing that makes them more prone to being on a retainer? And how do I find more clients with those kinds of needs that I can serve? Because I end up serving them the best. They stay the longest. They're the happiest. We're the happiest, all that, all that stuff. So he ended up kind of saying, well, like maybe we should be introducing retainers to people at an earlier stage as opposed to projects and, and have the benefits kind of more explained because we know that that tends to work really well for us over the long haul. And, and then, you know, it turns out these kinds of clients with these kinds of needs end up needing that retainer. And so basically we kind of reverse engineered how to grow the business based on their best clients who are all in the same industry, telecom. And, um, and then kind of, yeah, like it was, it became really, very clear both what you should offer to them and how to find them and who, who they are and how to communicate to them and how to communicate the benefits of a retainer and why they matter and, and all that stuff. So it ends up being that he's now growing his business significantly by focusing on both what he sells and also who he sells it for. And that's really helped build a lot of cash flow stability. He's hired a few new staff members since we, since we spoke last. Um, so that exercise is really valuable and I've done it kind of my own business and I'm constantly thinking about who is my best client for each kind of category for each, you know, thing that I offer or, or what have you. 
So how does that all apply to you? Well, you're a marketing strategist, consultant, agency owner, freelancer. You're in a strategic capacity or some sort of advisor. If you're doing, even if you're doing deliverable work, you still have to provide a level of consultation. So, um, who are you going to attract and how, and really it's a matter of looking and analyzing your best clients. And you know, what I do with my best clients, what I do with all my clients when I'm going through this strategic exercise is I say, write down a day in their life, like what's happening in the context of this one individual actual best client. Like maybe they've got, maybe they're between 40 and 50. They have a, they're interested in technology, but aren't super great at it. Maybe they uh, have two or three kids and maybe they live outside of the city in the suburbs and maybe they live whatever. And, and here's their growth plans and their goals. And, um, and you sort of start to paint a picture of this actual client and then why do they buy from you? Well, you know, and then you kind of can get into the very specifics. Well, here's the reasons that I buy from them, from you and whatever else. And I actually interview clients and say, so, you know, what do you like about working with me? Uh, what are the biggest values? What are the results that you got? Why do you choose me over anyone else? Why do you still choose me? Um, and really try to get to the, the crux of it and ask follow-up questions around, you know, sure. Well, okay. You know, why couldn't you just go somewhere next door? And then it, you really find out the more nuanced answer. Ideally it would be that you're the, you're the most specialized, obvious answer for them. So I could go to a generalist, but you know, they're not going to get results. In fact, I had a client that, that basically canceled with me at the end of last year and then came back uh, after going to shop for other kind of like they wanted an agency at some point we'd done you know, years worth of work. Uh, so it was kind of time, but then they wanted an agency to continue on with things and then realize that like the, the, no one else is really kind of producing the same amount of value. So they came back and I had their slot ready for them, but they had lost their early pricing. Unfortunately, that was just the way it was. And I'd forewarned them of that. Regardless, um, uh, the point is that people hire you for a very specific reason and they hire your clients or pay your clients for a very specific reason as well. And it's really important to know what those reasons are. Maybe it's if clients are hiring you, maybe it's risk mitigation or they want to grow or they're a combination of both, or they want to appease their stakeholders. Like some of my co-working clients kind of use me as a, Hey, by the way, we've got like a, a co-working marketing consultant who's great in industry known and well-known, uh, on our team. And he's helped us build out all these systems. And this system is, is kind of where you can feel confident knowing that we're able to grow and sustain the growth in our business. So I kind of provide a little bit of proof of concept in those conversations. Um, but there's all kinds of different ways and, and angles depending on who you're selling to and why. And the only way you can get to those levels of nuance and the only way you can get to those levels of detail is to, is to talk to your best members, to identify them first, to figure out who they are, or your best clients rather, um, and, and talk to them, get really clear on what value they're getting, why they're buying from you, why they're buying now, um, what, why not any other options. And then you'll kind of understand, oh, okay, here's the specific reason. And it should mostly be a combination of subject matter expertise and, or to the extent that you're the only one who's the, the best and the expert at this particular thing for this particular client. Um, but it also could be, you know, as a result, we think you have the highest likelihood, the least risk, you know, highest likelihood of growth and, 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 you know, reduce the risk for our business, um, as much as possible. Or if you're selling it to corporations and they look at you and they go, well, you know, this guy or gal is the only person who's really specialized in our industry. Uh, just like no one ever got fired for hiring IBM, no one ever got fired for hiring you. And so in a corporate setting where growth is good and obviously important, a lot of people are often there just trying to protect their, their backside. They, they don't want to make a wrong choice or, you know, whatever. So as long as you look good on paper, you, you, know, you have the best chances, but all these things are very contextual. So the only way you can know this is by studying your exact literal best clients, your actual clients, and then figuring out who the best ones are and then building products and services around their needs and doubling down on it and then messaging in and communicating in ways that they care about and, uh, in ways that, you know, matter to them and based on the level of nuance. 
and and then helping your clients basically do the same thing within their business for their clients. And that's, I guess, the level, the two levels with this group is that I'm trying to help you. And also this will help you in, in your work with your clients. Because once you uncover exactly who your best client is, you know where they hang out, what they care about, what they're interested in, why they care about it. And that why factor is a big thing. Like, why does that matter is a really good follow-up question for, you know, why do they choose you and whatever that answer was. But all those things makes your marketing a lot easier. You go, well, you know, this is our best client and they tend to look like this. And do they care about the world's best design or not? Do they care about the world's best copy or not? Do they even read blogs? Do they listen to podcasts? Are they all on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? You know, and it helps you know where to show up, what kind of content that would resonate with them. You know, everyone uses email, um, except maybe like Gen Z's or something. I don't even know, but um, that's one of the reasons that's such a powerful platform. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, it answers all your questions, but only if you, if you build your target market personas around actual best, best clients or, or whatever customers. So, um, that's, that's my take and my approach. And I think Mark had both of those comments covered in, in his uh, request. And I just wanted to riff on that a little bit because I did a presentation on this, um, just the other day with a coworking software company. I spoke with about 50 or 60 people live and then a, a number, high number of people after that registered, but didn't attend, uh, who will maybe watch the recording, which is a, by the way, that's a, that's something, you know, the benefit of niching or niching is you get to go in front of your very specific audiences with a very specific, uh, topic and you can market to other audiences and help grow it. Side note completely. Um, but I was talking about identifying your best clients and then how to attract subsegments of them. In this case, it was remote workers for their coworking space. So I was, it's, I've been talking about that lately, but that's cause that's what people are asking me about. And them specifically asked me to do a topic on that. Uh, as well as helping several clients right now do the exact same thing, as well as always doing it for myself. And it really, really matters. And the people who actually go through the exercise of exporting their clients and looking and analyzing them from a qualitative and quantitative standpoint and scoring them on a one to five on all the different levers and all the different things um, versus people who don't do that and just make assumptions is, is huge in the outcomes that they are able to get and the quality of the strategy you get. It's based on data, not sort of bias and interpretation. And then taking it a step further, when you actually interview and talk to your, those people you identified as your best clients and, um, and really understanding and probing and asking follow-up questions about why certain things matter and why not do it a different way. Why now? Why me? Why, you know, why here? Why this way? Um, then you get the really rich answers. And I always say, record those conversations on Zoom. You can always transcribe them later and look at the exact language they use. And then that stuff, uh, including what are their goals and what are their needs and desires and expectations? What are they looking for in a service like yours? Um, that stuff really becomes, it becomes marketing copy. And it kind of gives you like firm data from which to build your business as opposed to kind of guessing. And um, it's really remarkable. Some things just pop out at you and you always know it when you see it. You always know it when you hear it. Other places I look are like, you know, Google reviews and other kind of places where people will uh, describe you or your business. Um, and that's a, another valuable way. Although uh, I really like focusing on your best clients, not just all your clients for these kinds of analysis, but uh, it's all fair game. So uh, all that all is to say is if you're going to do a persona for yourself or your clients, make your persona a real person. You can anonymize it later if you want. Uh, but that's going to give you the level of nuance and specificity and the context of why the decision to hire you or, or to buy from your clients actually matters. What is it specifically like in the coworking world location matters, but does it matter for prestige reasons or because they like being able to walk to work or because parking is expensive and you provide free parking there? Like what are the, what are the specific reasons or do they need that address on a business card? Cause they look, it's on the financial district, main street. What is it? So 
Uh, unless you go through the actual exercise of exporting your members, analyzing them, figuring out who your best ones actually are, not who you think they are, but who they actually are. And then speaking to them and understanding what they're looking for, what value they truly get, what would happen if they go away? Why don't they choose someone else? Why, why, why? Uh, unless you go through that, your the quality of your strategies will never be as good. And so that's one of the benefits of having a focus in your own business, ideally on a niche uh, or an industry or some sort of very clear category. Uh, it could also be psychographics. So, you know, Gen Zs, I don't know, it's not a good one, but Gen Zs who believe in, you know, um, uh, environmental business practices, sustainability, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, like having clarity on exactly who you serve allows you to study them and then create content that's highly specific to them and highly specific to the nuanced needs such that you feel like they feel like you're the only option. You're the one of a kind solution for their problems. So I hope that helps. Um, yeah, it's been a, a good long week. I hope you have a great weekend. If you celebrate Easter or, um, or Passover or any of the other holidays around now, I wish you the very best. Enjoy it. And we'll talk again next week. Uh, and again, if you know anyone who wants to join this group, please let them know, send them our way. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, there'll be some updates to the branding. I'm kind of shifting around kind of the name, uh, thinking about calling it uh, something slightly different than just Mindshare. I think I'm going to add to it a bit. And uh, I've got some updated branding coming and, and some kind of new positioning and stuff. So I'll probably run all that by you in the group and kind of get your, your feedback on it collectively. Um, but yeah, I love, love getting those feedbacks, referrals, questions. Questions make this group a lot better. It, it allows me to just kind of get very pointed and uh, apply some ideas right to you. So by all means, you know, jump into the group and I uh, look forward to helping in any way that I can. Okay, bye for now.